This is Startup Renegades, a raw conversation with founders, entrepreneurs, and the unicorns among us who have taken their idea and turned it into a thriving, profitable brand. I'm your host, Shauna Armitage, and my work as a fractional marketing director has led me to connect with dozens and dozens of founders in all stages of their startup journeys. Whether they're bootstrapping or fundraising or have capital on hand, there's one big question founders always ask, how do I grow this thing? On Startup Renegades, we'll explore how they did it, and you'll walk away with actionable steps you can take on your own journey to scalable growth. Hey, Renegades. Have you ever met a founder or heard their story and just like, oh, damn, they are changing the world. They are changing the way that things are done. That was my reaction when I was introduced to Rihanna Lin, who's the founder of Journey Foods. This is a food tech company that supports cutting edge product management and data services for food businesses. You're going to hear Rihanna talk all about the data and how that drives innovation and what they're doing at Journey Foods. She's a biologist turned serial entrepreneur. She's kind of always been an entrepreneur, and that's an interesting part of Rihanna's story. She has developed high-growth, nationally-recognized technology for her food businesses. Her accomplishments have been featured on MIT 35 Under 35, CNBC, Forbes, USA Today, Wired, TechCrunch, Entrepreneur Magazine, Food Tank, and more. She is an amazing entrepreneur, another amazing renegade story, and I'm going to share it with you right now. Rihanna Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shana. It's so great to be here. Looking forward to, to chatting on how we've built Journey and, and some interesting ideas I've had along the way as a serial entrepreneur. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So you corrected me. You are a serial entrepreneur. I was all excited. You know, you started out in biology and I'm an entrepreneur by accident. So I like to hear those stories of how people, you know, fell into the business that they're in. But that wasn't you. You were always a businesswoman. So tell me about some of your early ventures. Yeah, you know, I mean, let me let me think. In ways, I fell into entrepreneurship. And I'll tell you, how uh so in undergrad i always thought i was going to be some sort of phd hacker scientist if you will i didn't like the traditional processes of some of my mentors Mm -hmm. but i thought i was at least going to be a scientist and at the same time as i started to understand like how much these folks were making (laughs) and how much impact they had over like a five-year period. I wasn't really drawn to the role as much anymore. So I would, I would do a little web building on the side and had quite a little bit of a success in undergrad. I actually joined college in 2004. My school was like, I think the 10th school on Facebook or something like that. So I was actually really interested in like how Mark Zuckerberg built Facebook. Okay. And started learning similar tech stacks and would build them for other companies. Mm-hmm. But then I never really thought that would be a career path, right? Right. No one in my family was a computer scientist. Computer science wasn't as popular as biology at my school. And um, so I thought I was just going to go out and maybe help solve some cancer or something. And every time I was drawn back, to entrepreneurship in a bigger way. So when I I went to grad school, I started 
a chain of juice bars with a family member and they just took off and I was really unable to focus on class and stay away from the opportunity. So you started in biology thinking you're going to be a doctor. Then you went to juice bars. Yeah. You've got so much experience under your belt. You know, like one thing that was always interesting was like that I was interested in solving people's health problems. And I still do that today with the data that we acquire at Journey Foods. But it just feels like we're doing at a much faster pace and changing the systems of old. So it sat lightly on me that I could still work mm-hmm. in health, right, in a way through food. Yeah, and for sure. Food technology. And even at our cold brush juice bars, I mean, people, there are so many studies that show how much juice and beverages and going to Starbucks all the time are directly linked to a lot of our chronic disease, especially diabetes. And mm-hmm. so it was interesting for me to dive into entrepreneurship full time through starting a, an organic juice bar. Okay. So you've got all this experience under your belt. You've got the science background, the interest in health, but also clearly the entrepreneurial chops. Where did the idea for Journey come in? Yeah. So to keep it brief, right after starting the juice bar, things just really accelerated. I spent some time at the White House working on business and technology. And then I spent some time at Google and went to a venture capital firm where we helped scale up Beyond Meat through IPO. And through all that experience, I was still seeing an underlying issue around data for food businesses. And and they were taking a really long time to get better products into the market, whether it be an R&D or supply chain issue. And so my goal at Journey Foods was to bring more data scientists, more engineers, more just business minds to the world of food so that we can accelerate action. And today at Journey Foods, we built teams just like that to go out and help figure out the best ways to change supply chain and R&D data that could really help support packaged foods that we eat every single day. So that sounds amazing. Talk to me about how it actually works logistically. Yeah, so I'll give you a couple examples. We're a SaaS company. We're we're software as a service. We help companies of all sizes, mostly companies of $5 million plus in annual revenue with their data needs. And so, for example, a company may need to optimize their sustainability or their packaging and lower costs. And we plug in a bunch of data and look at their existing supply chain and other supply chains to connect them to the right formulations and processing. So what's the first thing that you did? Did you start networking with these companies or did you start building the software? This is a big idea, right? Yeah. That you're implementing How do you actually move forward on executing on it? Yeah, you know, it's pretty complex. Even explaining it sometimes, it can be quite complex. I like to break it down into take your favorite cookie. Let's make it gluten-free and cheaper (laughs) with data. And that's how we look at it. And for us and for me, the easiest way to start was with a real product. So we created a product called Journey Bites. They were basically smoothie cubes. So take your favorite smoothie, dehydrate it a little bit, turn it into a big block and then chop it into little cubes and uh, put it in a little package to go. And so they're like these smoothie gummies that we sold and still sell 
quarterly on Amazon and the other major distributors. And we learned so much through the process from packaging to manufacturing to sourcing to optimizing colors and flavors and nutrition and just tracked ton of data to figure out like what a lot of companies are going through and then apply that model back to many companies that were starting to request it. I presented at a major conference almost three years ago and we got requests to help support soups and noodles and pastas and cookies and beverages and since then have really taken off. I, I of course sort of hacked my network. Yeah. I wanted to build also a very engaging community. So as a B2B company, we rely heavily on community engagement through newsletters, blogs, uh, Slack channels to really keep up with the times and make sure that we're answering the questions that our customers and also their consumers need. Mm -hmm. And so whenever someone joins a team, whether they're a data scientist or a food scientist or just you know looking to help with business engineering or, or marketing, they know that they're going to have to write a blog at some point. <laughs> they know that they're going to have to really understand how the landscape is changing for businesses to engage with their customer and turn them into users. So a lot of the B2C strategies of, that have worked over the past 10 years are really translating over to B2B now. And we like to stay at the top of that. That's really fascinating to me. So you actually started B2C with this product and then you learned so much from it. And these other companies were seeing the great work that you were doing and wanted your help. So now you have a B2C model. That's just super interesting, kind of the evolution of the business. And then you talked a little bit about tapping into your network. Was that kind of a growth strategy when you really got the business moving? Or do you think it would have been something else? Absolutely. I think one thing that I was able to do was start engaging my existing network in food and in technology and in data through newsletters. And today, I mean, we have several thousand subscribers growing and really happy subscribers to our newsletters that we send out. We have a general newsletter that I send out weekly. We have a product newsletter. It's mostly for companies that are looking for technical support or understanding our product updates. And then we have just a general company newsletter that shares everything from fundraising to partnerships. Yeah. And I was able to start those newsletters and sending them out. The first readers were part of my own network. Let me stop you there. So this is kind of the chicken egg problem that a lot of new businesses have, where they want to be producing content like you spoke about, like the blogs and the newsletters. And you said the first people on there were the ones in your immediate network. But part of the problem with creating all that content is distributing it, is actually getting it in front of people. So how did you actually get people to sign up for the newsletters so that you could make the messaging and the nurturing effective? Because it's been my experience with a lot of startups that acquisition is the hardest part to actually get moving. And we really struggle getting people to sign up for newsletters because they don't want just another thing in their inbox. They want yeah. something that's different, that's unique. So talk to me about actually building your list for newsletters. 
Yeah, I mean, I had a, a pretty fair network, but then we really t- had an A-B strategy and sort of a wide, we just threw out like a wide net and see what really caught and double down on it. So everything from LinkedIn posts to writing a little bit more engaging medium articles to having conversations with press and like sort of conversion, uh, different conversion workflows. We invested really early and you know, extra tools on MailChimp and you know, HubSpot and other tools that we use yeah. to track where our customers were coming from and how we needed to adjust our voice. I think, though, when you first start out, you want to have a consistent look and voice that you develop and something that's authentic and your own and very differentiated. But you also want to figure out who your best customers are um, best readers that convert to your customers, but also you want to test every platform. I mean, this can be ranging from product hunt to LinkedIn to medium articles to a Substack to maybe doing a slider on Instagram or TikTok now, right? And so I think you have to test that out in the first like three to six months to figure out where you're really going to double down. But I really truly believe that content is something that you should invest heavily in in their first six months as a company to, to figure out where it'll fall. I love so much that you are talking about testing because I think for a lot of businesses, it's really easy to fall into just following whatever the guru says, right? So you're going to go all in on Instagram or you're going to go all in on Pinterest or LinkedIn or Medium. And then you get frustrated really fast when it's not working and you don't all of a sudden have a lot of traffic to your website or your offer or your newsletter. But what you're saying is that you tried all of these things, you tested different things to see what was going to be the most effective. Was there one platform or another that seemed to kind of come out above the rest? Yeah. And it also depends on the season. I think like just newsletters and medium have been successful for us, but we had early success with Reddit. And you don't even talk about that a lot with B2C or B2B companies. We dropped a few interesting ideas where we think food could go. And we got a lot of traffic to our site. And I think, you know, that helped boost our SEO early on. And it helped us feel and also pick up a flow of uh, like thought leadership that has continued from those early days. I love that you share Reddit. I heard a few people talk about it. Not a lot of my startup uh, Renegades guests have. I've heard probably one other episode where they specifically said Reddit. And it was almost a fluke, right? Where a friend of hers had talked about her product on Reddit. And she woke up the next day and all of a sudden she had a thousand orders on her website. So not a fluke, just not strategically done. So for you, it was actually strategic using Reddit. How does a business owner get strategic about using Reddit to drive traffic to their business? Well, I think you mentioned it a little bit earlier. I think a lot of traditional like Google searches and blogs will tell you like, this is how you scale your company and go to, you know, newsletter, LinkedIn, add a couple of these lead carrots to your website, work on your SEO. But then you have to think about like, who are the founders of the company and what's the product, right? Oftentimes you'll find that like product companies, consumer packaged goods companies that are led by like women, they may not have ever heard of like Reddit or if they were a little older, less they heard of maybe 
TikTok a little bit less. One thing that I've always done and found, other than just being like an internet geek, <laughs> like always sort of ahead of the curve, you know, with things like NFTs and just so many things, was hiring really young social leads to be interns for three to six months out the gate and be really involved and give them a lot of stake and ideas at the company. And that's helped tremendously with for us. I love that. So this in and of itself is actually a growth strategy. So from the very beginning, you're hiring younger people to manage social media. Talk to me a little bit about that as a strategy. Why did you choose to do that? And how does a founder go about giving them a stake so they can be engaged and effective? Yeah. I mean, you hear like Burger King and Wendy's and, you know, all these random companies with like, oh, the intern tweeted that, you know, and like, I'm sure they do, but they go, these companies that are that large, like they go through one to three months or sometimes like a week of approval before something even goes out. And for me, at least we use like Planable and Sprout Social. Tell the 21 year old or 20 year old social media person that they're a social media manager. They really dive into the trends. They really dive into finding their creativity and voice after I help refine it a little bit with them. And they're able to go up, post a bunch of things, plan it, I approve it, or someone on the team approves it, and they'll go out. But I'm able to ask them, like, are there platforms that we're not using? Are there trends and ideas and hashtags that you that I am not seeing or that are not in our industry? Like, tell me three to four companies that have to do this presentation every couple months. Tell me three to four companies that are not even in our industry that are really kicking ass right now on social and on, you know, customer growth. When they go down that rabbit hole, they're able to come out with so many awesome ideas and mm. alternative platforms that we're not even thinking of. Wow. I love that. That's really powerful. I feel like people think of interns as just like free labor and you kind of just throw projects on them. And a lot of times what you get back is an intern that's a lot of work for you. So you're talking about really flipping that experience and really not just empowering them to do the work, but also to bring new ideas to you and challenge your thinking. And I think that's just so powerful. Are there any specific pieces of advice that you have for finding and hiring team members like this? Yeah, and it's actually turned into a, an official program and sort of a subset of the company now called Journey Labs. I can dive into that later, but we're able to now bring in a bunch of grant money, not just customer revenue and VC dollars to support it. But for us, what we did early on was establish partnerships with not only the schools that we were alums of, but also with schools that we thought had the top programs in an area that we needed support in to make our customers happy. For example, if you're going after, you know, we work in packaged food and beverage data. And so we look at what are the top food science or what are the top packaging science companies in the country? What are the top media colleges in the country and then ask for sort of regular access to their career pool or their career coordinator or their fellowship and internship programs. And so these schools regularly come to us with the list of other companies that are 
far bigger and beyond our size to place their students. And now we have official partnerships with schools like Columbia and North Carolina and Northwestern University of Chicago and McGill and Hong Kong Science and Technology Prep and, and more coming from Europe in the coming months. So we're just excited to now have turned it into more of an official program that could support our customers and our long-term needs. But we really started by thinking about the schools that we had graduated from as our core team and um, establishing some sort of partnership with them. I love that. Talk to me about Journey Labs. Yeah. So at Journey Labs, our goal is to support college and graduate students, undergrad and graduate students, as well as pre-launch entrepreneurs through a fellowship program where they work anywhere from three to six months, supported and paid by us with monthly stipends to solve two big problems per year. Um, and these problems can be associated with data, they can be associated with policy, or they can be associated with like a customer growth and marketing. So how is that kind of the next evolution of the business? It's not necessarily our core team, but they work, our Journey Labs team works really closely with, you know, the main product managers and myself at the company to understand where there's potentially data or a customer area that we need to dive in on. The students have to create a report that they send to the school and back to us at the end of this. And it's not only an impact report, but it's also sort of a thesis report on what they learned at the company and where they think the industry is going to go. We have an official flow of both grants and both uh, school partnerships that really accelerates and heightens the talent pool and also keeps us consistent and fairly stacked with uh, just really, really smart, creative individuals that are graduating soon that tend to stay at our company longer than the three or six months and sort of request full-time roles or young fledgling entrepreneurs that have cool ideas. They're just not ready to go out into the friends or family round yet. Okay. So what is the future? Where is Journey Foods headed? Yeah. So for us, we're really focused on finding ways to build uh, one of the most actionable databases in food. And the way we think about that is providing customers the what and the how. You know, the, what are the alternative ingredients and recipes and formulations and product types? And how do I make that happen? What's available in the supply chain? How do I manufacture it? How do I process it? Uh, this is key data that's been slowing down a lot of the innovation in food and causing a lot of problems, health problems, cost problems, sustainability problems that we all have especially seen in the wake of COVID. And so for us, we want to continue building a great team and great data and making sure that packaged foods, which in, you know, in the U.S. and in Europe make up more than 60% of our daily caloric intake in their next 100 years, they've been around 80 to 100 years now, sort of manufactured foods. Before that, we just sort of grew our own things and we're pretty fine on the chronic disease side. But in the next 10, 20, 100 years, that food treats our body in our environment, in our pockets, more like it was before this industrial revolution and rapid population growth. I love that. So Rihanna, tell me, what does being a startup renegade mean to you? Yeah, no, I love that question so much. Renegade 
it makes me think about like these Jay-Z and Rihanna songs, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but also for me, what's so valuable about being an entrepreneur and running a startup is thinking about global problems, real life problems that affect each and every single one of us today, that today get thrown a bunch of money and a bunch of bureaucracy at them and they move the needle just a little bit. And I feel up. All of us startup renegades out there are moving way past the needle, moving and rushing the races and winning these sprints. And I'm so grateful to be on the podcast to talk about some of our work because we need true renegades out there to change the world and solve things like food. And uh, we're not going to get through these complex problems without a little bit of a shakeup. We do need those people. Thank you for being one of them. Tell me where people can find you and Journey Foods online. Yeah, totally. So you can find me, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, all those things at Rihanna Lynn. And you can find me and the Journey team and sign up for our newsletters. I'll probably be sharing on social a little bit more of our growth and Journey Labs opportunities as well. But those are all Journey Foods. Look forward to connecting with folks. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your startup story with us. And there's so much good stuff happening with Journey Everything, Journey Foods, Journey Labs. So go check it out today. That was this week's episode of Startup Renegades. Thank you so much for joining me and soaking up all that brilliant entrepreneurial knowledge from today's guest. If you want to suggest a founder for a future episode or just want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at shauna.armitage. That's S-H-A-U-N-A dot A-R-M-I-T-A-G-E. And just a little reminder, if you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. It makes a huge difference and it's so important for helping the show thrive. I'll be here same time next Tuesday for a raw, honest conversation with another startup renegade.